Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. So please take a moment and email us at mystory at cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. get something out of today. Is there anybody in the house that wants to get something today? Okay, listen, this has nothing to do with the church, so just scratch it. This has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do with the pastor, though God uses pastors, okay? This has everything to do with, let's get our iron sharpened today. Y'all ready for that? Anybody else want their iron sharpened? Okay, here we go. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We need our iron sharpened. We need our marriage sharpened. We need our relationship with you sharpened. Lord, don't let us stay the same person. We want to grow. Sometimes growing means pushing through. Sometimes growing means stretching. Sometimes growing means to just trust God. And whatever it is, we have pre-decided before we hear a word, everybody is praying underneath their breath right now, God, I want to grow. God, I want to grow. God, I want to grow. All right, so here we go. Lord, we need you to cause growth in our life. We can't do this on our own, and I darn sure don't have the ability. No one came here today to listen to me. Everybody wants more of you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What does honor look like? What does honor look like? Anybody have an idea? Think about it. Have you ever been honored? Have you ever honored somebody? Has there ever been a favorite teacher that you just wrote them a letter just to tell them how much you appreciate them and love on them? How, what, what did you write in your anniversary card to honor your wife? What did you write to honor your husband? All of it's wrapped around honor. Uh, how did you stop and pause and pay respects when the national anthem was sung? In all form and fashion, there's honor all around us, and we sometimes don't pay attention to the honor that we give or how we give it. Because let's just face it, it's not so much to do it as it is in how you do it. Would you agree? The reason I got my umbrella here today is to make the superstitious people really nervous. Okay? But beyond that, I think we have to pause and realize that honor brings protection. Have you guys ever honored somebody? And then in the end, they... They, they just embraced you. They, they considered you a stronger friend. They, uh, maybe there was a mentor, a boss, a professor, a pastor, somebody that you just decided to honor. God put on your heart to honor them. And there was this covering, this protection that, that came over them. This is more important than people. They're more important than, than a spouse. Have you ever considered how you honor God? Because in honoring God, there's a word called favor. Yeah. Favor. And it's this protection, this anointing, this covering, this, this, this mentorship. It's a relationship between God and his people. From honor comes favor. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to come back to the umbrella. I know that you love umbrellas in Lee County because we love rain. Would you agree? Yeah. That's right. Okay. So we're in a second message of a series we're in about Malachi. Take your Bible and go to Malachi chapter 1, and I'm going to keep introducing this. If you weren't here last week, you can always listen to last week's message. We are talking about the last book of the Old Testament. It's very important to realize 
this minor prophet Malachi who spoke truth in a short amount of words. Short amount of words spoke truth to Israel. God used Malachi to speak to the children of Israel. After Malachi was spoken, 400 years of divine silence took place. And then the very next word that came from God our Father was Emmanuel, God with us. And the new covenant began through Jesus Christ. And Malachi is the last words of the Old Testament, and it introduces the new words that come from Matthew, the book of Matthew. In it, Malachi chapter 1 says a lot of things. And last week we covered the issue of God speaking and said, this is, what, this is what God said, do you know how much I love you? Do you know how much I love you? And the people responded by saying, in what way have you ever loved us? It showed the relationship back breakdown between God and his people. But then God continues from asking the question of, do you know how much I love you? That's an important question for you to ask yourself, by the way. Do you know how much God loves you? And unless you can answer it in spirit and in truth, spirit and in truth, I, I promise you got to start there. Do you know how much God loves you? Because you'll never understand honor until you understand who deserves our honor. God then turned after asking, who, uh, do you know how much I love you? He turned and he says in Malachi chapter 1 verse 6, listen look closely, he says, a son honors his father. Now that's a duh moment. Every one of us gets it. But it's kind of like an iceberg scripture. There is surface level and there is everything you don't see underneath. Do you know that a son honors his father? Yes, I know that. But do you really know that? That a son honors his father and a servant honors his master it continues if then i am the father where is my honor remember who's saying this god if i am the father where is my honor and if i am the master where is my reverence says the lord of hosts so we cover this issue of do you know how much god loves you but then god turns and says the love between us you can tell it's not there because the honor isn't there. The reverence isn't there. Reverence is a word that we don't use too often in church, but when I was growing up, we did. Uh, I remember on countless occasions, our, our actions were weighed by the reverence that we had in church. If you grew up in church, uh, they would all, before you walked in the house, you, the older people would turn and say, hey, take your hat off. Hey, they would turn to you and say, hey, hey, you need to wear something nice. Remember we all used to get dressed up for church? I had a suit as a little boy. Yeah, and, and we all wore suits and we all wore our Sunday best. That's where it came from, the Sunday best. Uh, there is a beauty in the way that church was done back in the day. It, people dressed up, people looked nice, people got, re got, got ready because they were going before the Lord and they wanted to look their best they wanted to bring their best before the Lord. Now, in, in a lot of human ways, we can bring human error into it. And something as beautiful as honoring God with the way that we look, all of a sudden it got tacky. And it got to the point to where people just dressed nice and ju judged everybody who didn't dress nice. And so all of a sudden the honor and respect and the reverence was gone 
because people were wearing suits, but they weren't suiting up their heart. Wow. Okay? And so you can see how this shifts. That, that Today, I think it's pretty safe to say that at Cowboy Junction, we've adopted the attitude of come dressed as you are, but when you get here, put on your Sunday best. Yeah. I mean, we don't care about the clothes that you wear. We prefer clothes, by the way. That's very important. <laughs> that that sure, sure stops a lot of backsliding at church. So please do, yes, wear clothes. However, let's just make sure that we dress our heart up before we dress our flesh up. And, and God is turning and saying, where is my honor and where is my reverence? Um, honor is a very important word for you to start thinking about because whatever you honor, that's the thing in your life that you show high respect and praise. What holds the number one spot in your life? What holds the number one spot in your life? And many people turn and say, well, that's God. And the natural Bible Belt reaction is, God's number one, family's number two, and my country's number three. And I would turn and say, you know, be very careful because those three, three things are very important. But everything about the Lord is he's not so much for lip service. Prove those three things are the most important things. Prove that. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. That's the difference between us saying that we are Christ followers and our actions testifying to the Christ following that we do. In the whole honor, high respect, and praise, I want to ask you a question. What does your best look like? Because it's one thing to do something, but this whole series is, to, is designed to bring a maturity about us, okay? I don't want to stay an infant for the rest of my life, and I don't want to have a junior high walk with Jesus. I don't want to go off a high school relationship with the Lord, and my college days of, of, of serving Jesus are over. I, I don't want a first-year married uh, relationship with God, and I don't want to have a first-kid relationship with Jesus. I, I don't want to have a first-job relationship with Jesus I want to continue growing. And if you're like me, wherever you're at, I want to say some things today that I believe that God's put in my heart. And one of the things is, what does your best look like? Because one of the statements we make at Cowboy Junction a lot is, let's bring God our... That's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This means you've been listening. Let's bring God our best. Let's bring God our best. Come on, guys. Let's bring God our best. Hey, would you join me as we bring God our... Yeah, that, okay. But what does that look like? It's one thing to say you're on the football team. It's another thing to actually be on the football team. We had guys, just Lee County folk, go with me here. Whether you like Artesia or not, okay? Is there anybody in the room who doesn't like Artesia? Just boo right now. I'm glad you got it over with. Good job. I'm glad you got it over with. But Artesia has a dynasty of football. Okay, they really do. It's, it's fun playing football in Artesia. Lovington has a dynasty too, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> and and, and here's, here's, here's Artesia. We would have people that would, oh, this is funny. We would have people that would go join the football team and get their picture taken with the football team. And then as soon as pictures were over, they quit the football team. You know why? So that they could have their picture taken with possibly the state championship football team. That's ridiculous. I mean, I'm telling you, you can't make this stuff up. 
finally we changed the rules that you had to go through two-a-days, which means you had to do two-a-days to be in the picture. But the same kind of thing happens in the kingdom of God all the time. People go to church and have only done lip service, but where is your honor? Where is the respect? This goes deeper than church, and it goes deeper than a pastor. What does your best look like? And if you've never thought about it, you've got to start looking at everything that you do. If God is the number one spot, how are you doing it? What thought have you put into this? Where would I buy a gift and not ask Heather what she wanted first? And where would I do something for the Lord but not first ask Him what He wanted me to do for Him? All of these things are a maturity that takes us to the next level that you find that just doing something isn't what God wanted. Doing it because He asked you to is a sign of respect and honor. And that's how we show that he's the number one spot. A lot of times in giving, in giving, I've got a pretty good idea what I want to give. But I stop long enough to realize that if I give God what I want to give, what kind of gift is that? But when I turn to the Lord and say, what do you want? And he tells me what he wants. Many times, the money has nothing to do with it. It was just the simple, you asked me, and now I told you. And now it takes faith. Do you believe? Do you trust me? And I have to step out in faith then. And as I'm giving, I'm realizing I'm giving God what he asked for. I'm giving something that had to search my heart. I'm giving something that is affecting my attitude. And I'm learning how to step past my flesh into, but you are God and I will give you my best. And that, that right there, is how we grow up quickly in the Lord. So I turn to you and say, this is how important it is. What does your best look like? Malachi continues on. This is God using Malachi. And he talks to the children of Israel. Then he turns and he talks, starts to talk to the priests. These are the pastors. These are the men in charge. These are the leaders. And he says, to the priest who despise my name. Ouch! Are you kidding? These are the guys who lead. These are the guys who are basically in charge of what God has turned and said, lead, go, step forward, advance the kingdom of God. And God says to these spiritual leaders, why is it that you despise my name? Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? And God turns and addresses something. He says, you offer, everybody say offer. It's a part of offering. You offer defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we offered defiled food to you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Everyone say contemptible. God turns to the priests and says, you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. It's this moment where God turns and says, I want to address what you guys keep talking amongst yourself. And the priests had started doing things half-heartedly. And, 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 and just with a flippant, God is good. He'll take what we give. Hey, God's grace. God is good. 
He's not going to worry about it. God doesn't look at the offering. He looks at the heart. But God does look at the heart, and he didn't see the honor that they had lost their reverence for him with. And so it's this moment that God turns and says, the offering is contemptible. And the contemptible here is very interesting. Contemptible means a despicable, a detestable, a hateful, deplorable, unspeakable. Let me put it in the terms that we're looking at today. Your offering is disgraceful. What you bring to me is shameful. It's downright mean. Your offering is cowardly. Where's the brave? Where's the faith with the offerings you bring me? Your offering is worthless. Your offering is shabby. And your offering is cheap. These are all definitions of contemptible. And so what a priest would do is when it would be offering time, they would go and pick a lamb out of the herd. And the lamb that was the best lamb, somewhere down the lineage of leadership, someone said, listen, if, if we save that lamb, we can get more money for that lamb when we sell it. So why don't we take a lamb that's not so bad? So, so here's a 100-pound here's a lamb. Let's just sacrifice the 90-pound lamb. Okay? And so they started sacrificing 90-pound lambs. But then the next priest generation comes along, and they said, okay, we've been taught, let's not do the 100-pound lamb, let's do the 90-pound lamb. But you know, what if we just did the 75-pound lamb? Okay? And so all of a sudden, there's this gene genealogy of leadership that is going into decay mode. Okay? And, and one by one, we are now working backwards to where at one time we gave God our best. And the priests celebrated picking the best lamb out of the herd. And God said, now when you bring an offering, you're bringing the blind and the sick. So it's like they walk through the herd and they look for the lamb who's just like just about to die. Completely blind. and <laughs> okay? and, and the deal is, is that, it's, it's like, but God understands God understands that we're just trying to keep the lights on. God understands that we're just trying to keep the salaries going. God understands. And, and does God understand? Yes. But we start ba basing that we're the ones who supply when he's the one who supplies. And if we honor him with the best, is God not going to make sure that we always have something to honor him with? See, I run into people all the time, people all the time, who are good-hearted people who turn to me and, and, and question my leadership. Whenever I step up and go, no, 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 if we're going to do it for the Lord, we're going to do the best for the Lord. And people applaud that until we actually have to do it. Does that make sense? And then they go, Pastor, boy, that's, that's pretty nice. Maybe we shouldn't like, kind of tone it back a little bit, you know? Uh, we, you know, we want to support the Los Angeles Dream Center, but honestly, let's just kind of, we don't have to do it that good. I would say this. If we go under for blessing God with the best we have, I'd rather go to heaven, heaven bankrupt than hell with a pocket full of sheep in my, in my pants. Does that make sense? Come on. Let's think about this. And, and the, the reason why I tell you that is because it goes in our family too. In our family, we have opportunities to give God a tip or to give God our best. 
and giving God our best is a pucker moment for our marriage. It's like God's put a number on your heart. God's put a number on my heart. And then she compares her number with my number. And sometimes, sometimes the number we want to give is not the number that God's put on our heart. And I go, what number did you get? And she goes, well, I got this number. And I go, crap, I got the same number. <laughs> and we both look at each other and we go, like, no, no, no. I was thinking this number. She was thinking this number. But when we prayed about it, we both got this number. And we're just thinking we never should have prayed about it. <laughs> Come on, who, who am I talking to? Am I talking to anybody in the room? And it's in those moments, it takes us a while. When we bring a building pledge in, when we do our tithe, when we do our giving, and this has nothing to do with money, this is just an example, we're not on money yet, we're just on the attitude of the heart. We have to go away and pray. We have to go before the Lord and go, Father, here's the deal. It's going to take a lot of courage, and it takes our breath away when we give you what you've put on our heart to give. And it's days of, come on, you're my kids. And it's days of, come on, you're my kids. And it's, come, it's days of creativity. It's days of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And it's day, I've, we've learned how to never give God an offering flippantly. We've learned that the best offerings, with, whether it's our time, our energy, our money, our kids, whatever, whatever it is, it sometimes takes some priming of the pump to actually start the flow to come. So if you've ever struggled with giving God your best, I would turn, those aren't things you do overnight. You may have to spend days, weeks, allowing God to speak to your heart until the point to where you're almost half excited about just finally getting it out of your pocket and just getting it out there. And you walk away and you go, that was truly my best. That's a good feeling. But sometimes we take shortcuts. Shortcuts is when we, we do just enough, but we expect more than enough. Shortcuts is when we do just enough but we expect more than enough. This isn't about blab it, grab it, name it, claim it. This isn't prosperity gospel. This is something we all have to look at. That sometimes we have knowledge, but we don't have... Sometimes we have knowledge, but we also have dishonor mixed in our heart. Meaning that we know what to do. It's just once it gets worked around in our heart, our heart is so disgusting and we haven't had a heart change. We haven't been discipled. We haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to flush the old out. That by the time it comes out, we've taken some shortcuts in our life. Because we knew what to do. It just didn't come out the way it was supposed to. Malachi addresses this in verse 13. Talking about these shortcuts. And he says, you also say. And so he turns to Israel. He says, I hear it when you say, oh, what a weariness and you sneer at it meaning that some people when they step out and they do what god wants them to do they say oh geez man why is it always got to be about money geez man why is it always got to be about giving god your best geez man like i need the preacher to hear to say that one more time how come every time he takes up an offering he says, come on, let's give God our best. I'm so sick of hearing it. 
How come every time Jeff gets up and, and sings? How come every time Leslie gets up? Like, come on, guys, let's worship the Lord. Duh, that's why we're here. I'm so tired of hearing people say, let's worship Jesus. Let's worship the Lord. Come on, let's sing praises to him. Just, just sing. Just sing and shut up. <laughs> just, just do it. Just go. Can you can y'all hear the attitude? Can you can y'all like, like one more time? Like I need like I need Heather to get up there and just look pretty. Pah! She is so stupid. And, and all of a sudden, and so here you've got this part where God goes, How come every time you step out in faith, you're so weary? Oh, you say, oh, what a weariness. And then you, steer, you sneer at it, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. I, I wanted to do something fun. So this is the New King James Version. I, I want to read you the message version, okay? And the message version of what I just read is kind of interesting. I want you to pay attention. It says this. All except you, and he's speaking to Israel, he's going, you guys instead... Of honoring me, you profane me. Instead of honoring me, you cuss me. You profane me when you say worship is not important. And what we bring to worship is of no account. And when you say, I'm bored. Church is so boring. Worship is so boring. All we ever do is sing. Sing the same songs over and over and over and over. It, you know what? Some of these songs, you could sing them over and over and over again. And it's not the song, it's your attitude. It's got nothing to do with the song. It has everything to do with We could bring in smokes and laser beams. We could turn the lights down and we could, we could make it louder in here. Yeah. We could make it louder. We could have electric guitar and saxophones. And it wouldn't do anything for your worship. Because I'm bored. Stupid saxophone. <laughs> this isn't about your saxophone. This is about your attitude. I'm bored. This doesn't do anything for me. When is worship ever about you? Worship is an audience of one. Worship is about singing to Jesus. The best worship is when I'm all by myself and the radio's on. You ought to hear me. I'm awesome. <laughs> and my voice doesn't matter. My worship. Jesus, the lover of my soul. That's a flashback. <laughs> Jesus, I will never let you go. Wow, wow. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Where's your heart? Where's your air guitar? You act so superior, sticking your noses in the air. Act superior to me, to me, God of the angel armies. And when you do offer something to me, it's a hand-me-down, or it's broken, or it's useless, or you think, do you think I'm going to accept it? This is God speaking to you. Can, can y'all see why this is so important for people to hear? How do you honor God? 
How do you show reverence? It's not time to feel bad. It's just a time to take inventory. I was thinking about the other day. If mom's watching, mom, I'm fixing to give you some credit, okay? Someone should text my mother to actually tell her I'm fixing to give her some credit. I don't even think we're on, are we on live stream? We're not even on. She, my mom needs some credit. Because when she was a single mother, okay, we would go to church and none of us wanted to go to church. Mom was the only one who wanted to go to church, and me and Dusty just fought her. Like, I don't want to go to church, I don't want to go to church. And my mom would make it fun. We would leave early. A key part of us having fun at church was we needed to leave early, because when we left late, we were just a ball of emotions, fighting the whole time, and then we show up in a bad attitude. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, I see you in the parking lot. <laughs> Our key thing was we had to leave early. Then we, we stopped by somewhere and we, we got a Coke. We got something. We got something to kind of prime the pump. Then I remember the day that my mom started writing songs that we would sing on the way to church. We would write our own songs. I thought about one of them the other day. So we picture this. Going to the First United Methodist Church in Artesia. I'm probably seven or eight years old. Okay, Dusty's at least five. And, and my mom would start singing. She goes, we're going to church to learn about Jesus. We're going to church to learn how to live our lives. We're going to church to learn about Jesus. He's the bread, the life, the uh, and I stepped up and said, water. <laughs> she goes, water of our lives. And I'm like, what? And so all of a sudden we're driving, and we go, do it again. And so six, you know, seven-year-old, five-year-old, 20-something-year-old, we're going to church to learn about Jesus. We're going to church to learn how to live our lives. We're going to church to learn about Jesus. He's the bread, the life, the water of our lives. Everybody down. No, 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 let's not do it. Okay. And all of a sudden, it's like we could be sitting in this car going, I just want to stay home. We just need pancakes. And, and, and my mom made it fun, fun to go to church. Why do I tell you that? Because you're going to honor something. And you're either going to honor your flesh or you're going to honor your spirit. And by honoring with your spirit, you're going to honor your Father in heaven. And in Malachi chapter 1, verse 9, he uses this key word, but, God but now entreat God's favor. You mean by honoring God brings God's favor? By honoring God brings the favor of God? By respecting God and lifting God up and giving Him your best, you can entreat God's favor? That's kind of cool. But do you realize that there are things that we honor above God? But God says this, entreat God's favor that He may be gracious to us while time is being done by your words, will he accept you favorably? Whose phone? That better be Jesus. <laughs> Says the Lord of hosts. 
Wait, it's, it's me. It's your mom. It's my mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going I'm to have to call my mom back. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, but now entreat God's favor. If I say favor, favor, favor entreat God's favor. Hey, <laughs> can I call you back? Okay, all right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Have you guys ever been talking to somebody that they thought you were the most important person in their life right then, and their phone rang, and you don't even exist anymore? That wasn't my mom. That was me trying to show you that you may not think things in your life control your life until you begin to find what pulls you away from the things that are the most important. I have literally been with people who I took time out of my day because of the hard time that they were going through sat across the table for them, from them as they were seeking wisdom and counsel and br a brother in the Lord to get through a difficult time. And in the moment that they began to share their heart, their phone rang, and they shut everything down to just answer a quick phone call. And it shows the power that this little device can have in your life. It may not even be an important person on the other end. But this phone has been, become so important to your life that what you're there doing gets stopped because this demands your respect. And this demands your attention. This demands your honor. Can you see how we may sit back and think? I got it all in order. God number one, family number two, country number three. And I would turn and say, show me your fruit. Because what you think may be can be only surface level of what the truth is on the inside. What does your best look like God would say entreat my favor by actually stopping in your day and asking yourself how do I give God my best and it could be as something as realistic as I never realized how much this controls my day Heather and I have a little unspoken rule that I may go eat with you, but I put on vibrate. If Heather calls once, I don't answer because you are the most important person in my life at that time. If Heather calls twice, it means it's emergency. And you need to understand that my wife is very important to me and I might have to shut this down for me to figure out what's going on at home. So there is a level of respect that can happen if we 
think about it because some people don't even think about it. But if you walk in respect and begin to recognize how you do things, you can begin to find that there's a priority scale and everything can be balanced. Same thing goes with what God gives us. I found this great quote I wanted to show you. It says this. Men are not great by their virtue. Men are not great by their virtue of their wealth. Men are not great by the virtue of their wealth, but the wealth of their virtue. When you start diving in and figuring out what makes you tick, who are you behind the scenes? What are you made of really? You're going to start finding some things that can only get better. But that's where we all started. Okay. I'm going to have the worship team come up. I'm going to have Fabian and Jeff come up. And we're going to wrap this up. And I'd like to encourage you a little bit. I'd like to remind you that we're all here to figure out how we can be better at honoring God and giving Him the reverence that He deserves. And a lot of us are just going through the storm. But if you'll stop and begin to give God your best, that's when He gives you His covering, His favor. In the rodeo world, there's this statement. Corey Coons taught it to me many years ago. Ty Bean, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. How you doing, Corey? He says, I'm living in the fog, baby. Have you ever heard that? Living in the fog. Living in the fog. I shook my head. I said, what does that mean? He goes, you're, you're not living in the fog? I said, no, what does it mean to live in the fog? He goes, the favor of God. The favor of God. Are you, how you doing? I'm living in the fog. The F-O-G. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> F-O-G. Yeah, you know me. F-O-G. Yeah, you know me. I'm living in the fog. Yeah. When you honor God, His covering comes over you. You don't win God's love. God already loves you. God already loves you. This is learning how to do life His way. Don't you even think that if I don't do it, God's not going to love you. God, God loves you. This is doing it God's way, hearing His instruction, following through with it, going back and realizing what His best is. And when you walk in His honor, He covers you with His anointing and protection, His covering on your life. you're going to find out something following God is hard it's not easy but that's okay because the struggle everybody say struggle the struggle brings out some stuff in us that we can finally deal with let me tell you a few of them you ready when you serve God you're going to struggle but the struggle reveals your internal motives. Some of you don't know why you do what you do. Why do you act when that, that way when this happens? Why do, you, why do you respond that way when this happens? The only way we're gonna, ever going to get to the depth 
deep things of us is when we walk through a struggle, and trust me, following God is a struggle, it reveals some internal motives. And there's going to be some things about you you don't like, but don't you dare quit. This is an opportunity to fix it. When life gets hard, following Jesus gets hard, your struggle reveals your internal character. Number two, your struggle reveals your internal character. It identifies some things in your life that really honestly flesh needs to die in. Struggle is good. Just got to be realistic that the struggle is revealing some things that you may not like. Number one, it can reveal your motives. Number two, your character. Number three, the struggle reveals your internal fortitude. Sometimes we quit too easy. Yeah. Sometimes we quit way too quick, especially with the things of God. And we got to go back and realize and have a conversation with our spouse. Honey, have you noticed that we come up with these great ideas that this is the year we're going to live for Jesus. This is the year we're going to do it God's way. And we start off and we are a blaze of glory, but we are a flash in the pan. We are like gasoline in a pan and we go, we live for Jesus and then it goes, and we don't finish as strong as we started. And you know what? If that's you, don't you dare beat yourself up. We have all been there. But your struggle reveals your internal fortitude. Number four. So cool. Your struggle. Everybody say struggle. Reveals your internal commitment. It asks you if you really want to get to the finish line or not. I know you do. Weakness. And we all have weakness can actually work for you if you are struggling do you realize that that can be a good thing it's frustration that works against you weakness can work for you but frustration can work against you in fact let me show you something there's an old cowboy phrase I want you to take a look at it says a tired colt is a teachable colt. A colt is a young horse. A tired colt is a teachable colt. But a frustrated colt is a dangerous colt. And this is something to remember that if you're in this room and you're struggling and you're tired, you're teachable. You might be exactly where you need to be. You're not in trouble. You haven't messed up. You're finally at the point you're ready to listen to God. But the one thing you don't need to be is frustrated. Because when you get frustrated, that's when you get dangerous. You take your emotions out on people. You take your anger out on people closest to you. You end up destroying the things that God was trying to build in your life. Don't get frustrated. We all need it today. Today we're going to go home and we're going to do three things. Number one. We're going to honor God in our home. That's where it's got to start. I want to encourage you to do something today. Before you walk in the front door, so you're going to get out of your truck, you're going to get out of your car, you're going to get off your horse. And you're going to walk to the front door, okay? And you're going to slide the key in and you're going to stop. And the whole family's going to come behind you. They're hungry. They're ready to get inside. And you stop and you go, okay, wait, wait. Today at church, we talked about honoring God and showing Him respect. 
we walked out of this house this morning one way and we're not walking back in this house the same way so everybody join hands join hands you join hands right now <laughs> father everything that happens in this house from this moment on we are going to honor you anything lord that does not honor you we want it out of our house right now this tv now belongs to you secret things in this house belong to you the conversations in this house belong to you the actions in this house belong to you i belong to you she belongs to you he belongs to you we all belong to you everything we do in this house is going to give you honor and if one of us catches somebody else doing something that we wouldn't do in front of you we're going to stop everything and we're going to go back we all get second chances we pass out mulligans all day long and everybody stops and we go back to the number one thing in this house we honor god two we are going to honor God with our heart which means that everything that we do we need our heart to be flushed by the Holy Spirit so that we can be the people he's called us to be I'm gonna talk to every high school kid in this room one of the coolest things I ever did I was trying to figure out what I was gonna be in life I was trying to figure out what college I was gonna go to God used a man who was inspired by the Mormons. The Mormons do something really interesting. They ask everyone that is a Mormon to give, I think it's two years of their life on a mission trip. They just consider it a mission trip. And he noticed that Christians don't do that. So he started the Master's Commission program which turns to young people and says, what if you gave one year of your life to serve the Lord fully and completely for one year, and then after that you can go to college, after that you can start a career, after that you can do whatever, but you, you take everything and give one year of your life to the Lord. And, and I don't even say you can do it with Master's Commission, but what if, what if your life revolved around a heart of, I want to stop everything I'm doing, college can wait, career can wait, I want to give the first year out of high school to the Lord to give Him my best. It's crazy. It's out of mind. How would you ever do it? And those are all questions that we don't like. And it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense to us. But if you did it for the Lord, if you did it for the Lord, He will direct your paths. It could be pretty awesome. Just a thought. We honor God with our home, we honor God with our heart, and we honor God with our hands. It's my last and final one. And I want everybody to take your hands and turn them over like this. And I want you to look at it. It may sound corny, it may sound wild, I just want you to look at your hands. Do you realize these are the only two hands you have? Do you realize that, that this is what you have, and everything you put your hands to could prosper? Because God gave you these hands. How do you do what you do? And what if you started doing the best you could do for the Lord that gave you the best that He had? What if these hands started giving God the best? Father, I pray for my friends. And I pray that you would open our hearts, show us, guide us, direct us. Convict us, 
change us because we know you love us. How can we honor you and how can we respect you in the way that you are worthy of our praise? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, let's sing this to the Lord. Let's make this our battle cry for the end of the message. Let's sing to the Lord. Thank you.